The iShots Podcast, Episode 20. Hello everyone, my name is Michael Agliotis, and this is the podcast devoted to the world of LabVIEW. With each episode, we bring you interviews, discussions, and share with you ideas for how you can take your LabVIEW development to the next level. Well, hello, everyone, and uh, welcome to this episode of VI Shots. I'm very excited today to uh, have a special guest on the show. Her name is uh, Wendy Covey, and uh, she's one of the principals and co-founders of uh, True Marketing, and True is spelled T-R-E-W, and her, together with uh, Rebecca Geyer, have uh, started up True Marketing, and the primary goal, uh, I guess, the focus of uh, True Marketing is for uh, helping engineers and scientists market their websites and their products and their services to other uh, engineers and scientists. Um, That's exactly right. <laughs> thank you, Wendy. <laughs> um, so, uh, Wendy, thank you for coming to the show and welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Michael. So, um, one one thing I, I, I found on your website was uh, was an, an ebook uh, called uh, "Smart Marketing for Engineers." Uh, of course, we want smart marketing. We don't want uh, anything that's not smart, right? Right. Um, right. So uh, I found that ebook fascinating because um, it has um, a lot of really good content uh, of you know outline of what engineers should look at at themselves and at their companies to see and make sure that they're doing right and all the different points that sh- they should be addressing. And first and foremost, uh, at the top of the list, which I think is one of the most important things, is position and plan. Um, yeah, we you know mm-hmm. we found that um, when companies who are marketing to engineers uh, would would ask us for advice that they needed just some practical basic steps and and many times one of the first questions was you know how how much should I budget for marketing and and what is more important and and a lot of focus on individual activities rather than taking a step back and setting goals and um, you know just like you would approach a business plan really approaching a marketing plan along the same lines, setting goals, setting a budget, and uh, being very thoughtful about the activities that you choose to do throughout the year. And um, one of the, uh, for of course, the other part of planning is position, um, you know, understanding what your brand is. Um, and I, because uh, as I'm, I'm working for an engineering company as well, and I've worked for many in the past, and one of the, the trends that we tend to get into is this idea of, you know, just going on to the next project, uh, just uh-huh. working on the next project over and over again, and not really, and just not really understanding, you know, what what our brand is. Can you talk a little bit about brand? Absolutely. So um, wh- one of the services that we offer, we call the communications brain. And, and the idea behind this is understanding the heart of the company, what they stand for, what they are, what they're not, and then creating a brain or core messaging that then you can use for every activity that you do. And if, if you think about it, if you have um, a sales engagement, you know, and the salesperson's talking about the company over here, but they're using different language than uh, someone else who's writing copy for the website, who's maybe using different language than a speaker at the next trade show, then you're, you're not being consistent um, and you're, you're, you're doing a lot of extra work. So by, by coming together as a leadership team and really thinking about who you are as a company and what words you want to choose, 
You'll be more efficient uh, with your efforts. Uh, you'll be more clear uh, to your target audience. And, and hopefully, if done right, you'll find the niche that's uniquely yours where you differentiate yourself from your competition and other companies. And that's very important for business growth to be able to have a differentiated position in the market. Do you think, do you think some companies are afraid to look at that issue or, or address <laughs> oh, brands? You know, I, I, it's, I think the thing that we find um, that companies fear is defining themselves too narrowly. Like if, if, I, if I say that I'm this, uh, you know, let's give an example of perhaps a, a system integrator that's um, maybe a, a partner of, of National Instruments, which is where, where I formerly worked. And, and there's a lot of system integrators out there that, that basically provide, you know, custom turnkey systems using NI products. So at a basic level, they're all sort of doing the same thing. They all have deep expertise and products such as LabVIEW and certifications. But if, if you find that a company uniquely defines themselves maybe by the type of, of industry that they serve, maybe they're in automotive or they work on medical device tests, then they're apt to um, be more likely to be hired by having that niche. Um, but I think that a company is fearful that if they define themselves too narrowly, they'll miss opportunities. Um, we look at it the other way around to say that, that by narrowing your focus, you'll grow your business. And uh, we've seen this happen again and again. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Um, definitely when, when a customer, uh, well, most customers uh, go to your website. Uh, I mean, not yours, but a general like engineer's website, engineering company's website. And the first thing they want to know is, you know, what, what, do, what do you do? What do you stand for? Um, mm -hmm. And if that matches what the customer is looking for, it's an easier um, it's the, the, your company's more approachable. It's easier to do business with. And uh, sort of, you kind of already opened the door a little bit to, to have the conversation. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, so you're actually opening more opportunities by finding the companies that you, uh, you match up with or, or you gel with, so to speak. Mm -hmm. so, and I think this work there is uh, when, you know, some people think that branding describes having a cool logo and good colors and, and, and more the creative aspects of brand. But to me, having this, this unique positioning is so much more valuable than, than how pretty your logo is, if you will. So that's, that's where the, the time and money and effort should be spent first. So um, once, once you've defined your brand and you kind of know who you are, um, I mean, <laughs> a lot of companies don't know who they are. So if, if you reach that <laughs> point, then, then you're, you're on, your, on a, good, a good footing. Um, mm -hmm. How do you how do you take that brand and and sort of Im implement it, sort of speak to the other other uh, marketing avenues? For example, your website and, and other areas. Let's definitely talk about uh, your website because we view the website as this is your storefront to the world. It's where most people will have their first interaction with you as a company, and so um, there isn't a better investment you can make than making sure you have a website that's easy to navigate, that articulates who you are as a company, that doesn't look dated, uh, those types of things, and then the content on your website is of course critical as well so that um, it, it speaks to people, it's succinct, and it uses words that are um, commonly searched. So there's a, a little bit of a, a strategy behind web content to, um, to be thoughtful of search engine activity as well. And so mm -hmm. yeah, go ahead. 
No, and then you want to make sure that people that come to your site through the searches are the kind of customers you want, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So so really having a thoughtful process behind um, creating your website and the content that goes on it is the biggest investment you can make um, in marketing. Those two things get you, I would say, 70% of the way. Uh, speaking of, of content, um, so uh, when when I think of some people think of content for uh, for engineering products or services. They'll think of, well, here are my specifications of my hardware, or here's, uh, look what we can do. We can right. program in this language or that language. Uh, right. Th- does it go beyond that, or is, it, is that what absolutely, you mean? Absolutely, absolutely. Our our favorite new engagement is is to work with a company that just wants to put up frequency and resolution and and specs about their products because they're they're missing the boat. But um, uh, but there's there's a big opportunity there because when an engineer searches, they're looking for oftentimes how-to information. They want to be informed. They want to educate themselves. Um, an engineer is apt to do more research to go deeper into Google. We found through studies than uh, the average B2B person would do. So by offering technical content such as white papers, case studies, how-to videos, uh, you're helping to educate that engineer, which will endear them to you, um, as well as conveying how wonderful your products and services are and and the specs that go along with that. Yeah, I'm I'm big into video. <laughs> are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm. I, I like well consuming it and also creating video, uh, especially yeah. you know screencasts and and software tutorials and things like that. Because um, I, I just feel that you have. You, you sort of address all the senses, you know, visual and audio um, and also the great content. So I think I think that's the key for me. I, I think that uh, but I think I've, but of course, that's just a part of a big, big the puzzle. Right. You need all the other stuff as well. Absolutely. And what's interesting about video is we find that it's almost a polarizing thing. People love it or they hate it and they will not <laughs> launch the video, right? And so what we encourage um, engineers to do is to repurpose content in multiple ways. So create a, an ebook or a white paper and then also create maybe a webinar video version of that. And then maybe create a, a shorter version that's a blog post. And then perhaps have a presentation in PowerPoint word form that you can give, you know, at the next industry event and also put up onto SlideShare. And so there you take the same piece of content or that same effort, that that IP, and publish it in multiple ways. Yeah, so many great ideas. Um, I have so many things I want to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but one one thing you just brought up with with slides and presentations, um, a lot of a lot of companies um, are lucky enough to present at various conferences, and of course, the main one that that a lot of us get go to is NI Week. I've heard um, of that. <laughs> and uh, so how can someone, so describe sort of the several steps that someone can do to, you know, maximize the return sort of using uh, marketing terms, max- maximize return on your investment on uh, doing a presentation at an iWeek. Well, I, I, I think it's it's a wonderful opportunity to speak amongst um, a very targeted audience. So uh, the, the producers of NIWeek have a call for papers as well as call for presentations. And again, the same content could be repurposed for both of those. Now they have to be sort of, you know, molded a little bit differently. Um, But once you're selected, then um, having a relevant presentation, you know, in front of this core audience is a great 
first step to having a presence at NI Week. And then you can think about how can I drive traffic to my presentation through things like social media, using uh, the Twitter hashtag for NI Week would be a way. You know, how can I extend my presence by um, having a booth at the show where now I, I have multiple touch points with people? Um, how can I maybe uh, go to the Lava User Forum and, and other activities and social activities on the expo floor and throughout any week and just get the word out about my company. Maybe it's through the attire I'm wearing. So there's a lot of ways to uh, to hit that show. One of the things I've noticed too is no one's buying any week as a Google advertising term. And to me, that's, that's a big opportunity because um, if I'm probably not going to uh, go to the URL, I won't know the URL of this trade show. I'll probably just Google any week. Mm-hmm. And and so right there, I'm already a targeted person and I could be looking at information about your company. Right. And um, after the presentation is done, um, what what can you do with that presentation afterwards then? Well, back to the, uh, the spirit of repurposing, I would first uh, see if, if it's been videotaped or if you can videotape your actual presentation, then you have your video. You could check that box. And then you have your slides, so those can easily be posted onto SlideShare. Um, and then, you know, there's other things you can do, such as if you collected leads during that session, you can um, send a direct message to them, thank them, and include some calls to action to take next steps to engage with your company. That's mm-hmm. probably the biggest uh, opportunity to push people closer to sales. Right. And uh, the feeling that I get from a lot of people that are attending uh, sessions and seminars there is that um, they like to get technical content. Mm-hmm. They don't want to be sold to. Um, so Very true. talk a little bit about sort of the uh, the tone of the presentation. Yeah, and I would say this is uh, n- not only for an NIE presentation, but this holds true for much of the content that you'd create that are that is targeted towards engineers. Mm-hmm. Engineers first and foremost want to be educated. They want good depth of technical information that's as relevant as you can make it to their needs. And that can be diff- difficult sometimes at NI Week, maybe because you have a diversity of industries and applications that people are working on that come to your session. So I would say by using case studies that have relevant information and technical details, you're, you're not only uh, communicating a concept, but you're showing how it worked with data to prove, you know, whatever it is that, that you're trying to convey. So does this, um, so I've, I've read and heard about this uh, term called like thought leadership and being a thought leader in um, your industry. Um, so talk a little bit about that. Thought leadership is a marathon and not a race. <laughs> so for, um, for a, a small company that's just starting out, um, one needs to go into a goal of thought leadership with a long-term view in mind. Um, so the goal, of course, is to help educate others about um, a certain uh, concept, whether I think a good uh, example would be virtual instrumentation. This was something that Dr. Truchard, the, the founder of National Instruments, believed in and wanted to build thought leadership around. Uh, so National Instruments uh, did presentations on the concept, wrote articles, you know, pitch to industry publications. You see a lot about virtual instrumentation on the NI website, for example. And and if you think about how many years ago it was that this concept was first introduced to the marketplace, it was in the mid-90s. And you see National Instruments, even today in 2013, still producing information about virtual instrumentation. So that that's what I mean by a long-term approach. 
Um, so, so baby steps towards it would be publishing technical content, again, back to videos, white papers on um, whatever that subject is that you want to lead, and then pitching that content to industry press or bloggers to start having other people uh, read about it, study it, and extend your reach. Um, I noticed you mentioned a lot of examples from National Instruments. Uh, you yourself used to work for National Instruments, correct? Uh, that's correct, uh, for 12 years. Okay. So can you talk a little bit about the history of true marketing and how your team came together? And I know there's a lot of National Instruments background there. Can you talk about absolutely, that? Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, Rebecca and I co-founded True Marketing five years ago, and, and prior to which we were both colleagues and uh, leaders at National Instruments and held various roles. Rebecca was the director of corporate communications. And um, so she worked a lot in PR and messaging. And my background was in events and then uh, software services. I actually, for a time, led customer education and the software maintenance programs for all of National Instruments software products. And Rebecca and I uh, decided that we wanted the, the thrills and, and challenges that go along with owning our own business and decided to uh, set out and create True Marketing. And uh, we've loved it. We've enjoyed it. We've stayed very close to the NI family. We work quite a bit with National Instruments Alliance members and, um, and other companies that are in technology and engineering and science. So we've stayed pretty close to home. Uh, we enjoy it. We feel like we're very good at working with uh, technical products and services. So uh, that's what we do. So home in uh, engineering and also in Austin as well, right? That's correct. <laughs> yes. And uh, our team consists, I will say, although we don't exclusively hire people that have an NI background, we do have quite a few employees that, that we also worked with back in the day at NI. So uh, uh, if you come to our website, you'll, you may have noticed that as well. <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've visited your website and, um, you know, obviously you guys are great at marketing and you've defined your brand very well. Um, and, and that shows. Uh, so I, like when I come to the site, I know exactly what you do. I know how, how you can help me if you can. Um, so it, I think you guys have done a great job. Thank you. We were, we were very proud to have received an award from the Wall Street Journal and it was a, a business innovation award and it was specifically about um, the fact that we narrowed our focus to just uh, work with engineers and scientists. And once we narrowed our focus, our business grew. And so it's a business concept that we believe very, uh, very dearly and uh, that we've seen it work. And, um, and I'm glad that, that it was conveyed, that you went to the site, you, you saw that, uh, our focus. So um, I've, I've been listening to a lot of other podcasts as, you know, I, have, I love podcasts in general. And I've been listening to uh, Seth Godin's Startup School podcast uh -huh. it's it's i love seth godin and, and all his teachings oh yeah oh yeah um and one thing he says in that is uh basically trying to figure out uh what makes you unique um and and what makes you stand out among others um and also you know why should i care about you right mm -hmm. um so you know there's a lot of engineering companies that do uh, integration services and um what do you say to those companies that you know want to stand out and want to differentiate themselves? Well, it's it starts with the as we going back to the heart of the company. So, what are they about? What makes them truly unique? What kind of unique capabilities do they have on their team? Um, and then, who are they trying to serve? And what's unique about that audience? Um, because there is you know the engineering space and the need for system integration is is vast. 
And there's definitely room for, for many companies within that. Um, but I think that the smartest thing that an integrator can do is, is really think about these things, about what's different about my audience, what's different about me, what unique skills and capabilities do I have, and how do I want to talk about those? Um, a, lot of, a lot of companies, uh, they, they think about marketing, and the first thing that they jump to is you know, social media, um, you know, Twitter, Facebook, um, those type of things, you know, having not having having not done sort of the basics first, and companies that jump into social media, um, I think that's a recipe for disaster. I do too. <laughs> in multiple, I do too. <laughs> in multiple ways, in that you know, yeah. either they don't see a response, or they do too much, or or either. Or I mean, what is your opinion on on the social media aspect of marketing? I, I believe that it it comes later after the basics are covered. And it should be first used to learn about your audience and, um, and, and what they're talking about and the words that they use and where they're engaging. So first listen, then interact. And the most successful social media strategies are, um, are building a relationship with people and building a community rather than just speaking, just using it as another megaphone. And that's a difficult concept, I think, at first to grasp until you start interacting. So it, it takes time and it, uh, it takes some strategic thinking. And so that's why we don't um, necessarily advocate that a company that's, that's pretty new to marketing start there. We definitely feel like the place to start is, is your website, your content. A blog is a wonderful place to start because that's a good catalyst uh, for starting a conversation, for publishing content easily. And the blog can be a, a jumping off point that then leads you into social media. So, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of like the chicken and egg, not a chicken and egg. It's almost like a, an, an order of events, right? Yeah. There's certain things you need to do before you, you jump out into social media and, and have it really work for you. Now, I will say uh, a, a few exceptions to this or, or, or places to start, I believe, is if a company just wanted to engage in a limited matter uh, with social media to do so surrounding events. So back to our NI Week example, I think that would be a time if, if you're exhibiting an NI Week where you could join a conversation and be interactive for a limited uh, you know, space and time and get a feel for how to use social media effectively. But there's, there's a, you know, by having those uh, confines of the dates, you know, a couple weeks before to a week after, um, it's not as daunting as coming up with a full year strategy for social media. Mm -hmm. One one trend, well, one thing I've noticed in my experience with social media and um, engineers and scientists specifically is that they're not, even though, you know, we work with high tech instruments, we, we work with the latest technologies uh, in our fields. Uh, when it comes to sort of the internet and, you know, social media, we're not that connected. Um, it, maybe it's the nature of, you know, we're <laughs> introverts or whatever. I don't know. We don't like talking to people. Um, <laughs> but have you, do you find that, you know, engaging in social media actually re brings return on, on, on that, like sales and, you know, clients and all that type of thing? I do find that it brings return, but I think that your, your gut reaction is also true that it's, it's not as um, readily adopted by mainstream engineers. So, um, so some examples of return on investment. Uh, one of our clients, you know how uh, in web analytics, you can analyze, you know, who's coming to your website, what sources are they, are they coming from? 
So the source could be, you know, they're coming from another company or a search engine or whatever. And we found that, believe it or not, uh, social media had the highest time on site for this client. I Mm. mean, when I say the highest, I mean 15x higher. And it was multiple visits and multiple people. Um, So some interesting data points there. Um, But also, social media represents inbound links to your website. And inbound links help uh, you you perform better with search engines. So by having your content out in social media and by having people link back to your website, you're helping yourself with search. Right. So that that's a reason to join the conversation. Let alone all the all the other benefits um, surrounding it. So it, it's it's a good thing. It's a growing area. It's not an area to be ignored, but just again an area to put as a, a secondary investment after your activities are covered yeah definitely um because you know when you when you start getting the inbound uh, connections to your website if there's nothing there to see <laughs> mm-hmm. um you're gonna have a lot of disappointed people absolutely um, so. <laughs> you, you hit the nail on the head yeah exactly it's like wow this guy's promoting everything on twitter and facebook so let's check it out and you yeah. go there and it's like okay nothing's there <laughs> right huh Um, So yeah, definitely the base. You have to have your bases covered. Um, So this has been a great conversation. I'm sure we would love to have you back for some more. Um, Just to to wrap up, um, what are some closing uh, thoughts that you have? For example, um, if if someone was going to invest invest some time and money into one thing, what would you recommend that they would do? Their website. (laughs) I can't emphasize that enough. And the content surrounding their website. Um, And then um, once that is put together, I think the conversation really uh, centers around um, what what type of company it is and and what their goals are. Um, Certainly, search advertising is one way to generate, uh, you know, visits to the website quickly. Certainly, trade shows are a way to get out in front of people. Um, But again, you know, you, you have to start with your goals uh, your your positioning statement and and your differentiated messaging about the company and make sure that that's um, soundly articulated on your website and um, and that you have content where you can capture leads on your website because as you start driving traffic to your site it would be nice to be able to have names and email addresses to be able to interact. Yeah, um, that's one thing um, I haven't asked you yet. So I'm getting all this free consulting here. You are. I know. I better watch myself here. Um, yeah, you mentioned e- email uh, list. So uh, how how can uh, how can we get more people on it? Like, is it is having an email list important? First of all, it is important to yes. I, I definitely think that. It, look at it this way: not everybody that is interested in your company has a purchasing need right at this time. And so what you want to do is develop a dialogue with those people and make sure they think of you when they are ready to purchase. So someone may attend your awesome presentation at NI Week and they go to your website and they're very impressed with your company, but their project is, you know, 18 months from now. So you want to make sure that via perhaps an e-newsletter or your blog or both, you're, you're staying top of mind, you're touching base with them. Um, and so as you put out new content uh, and, and new thought leadership articles, then you want to make sure this person sees that. Um, and, and when the time's right, then you guys can start more of the this, this sales dialogue. And there's a lot of automated ways to do this. Uh, we use a tool called HubSpot. 
It's a marketing automation software tool, and we've become a partner of HubSpot's. And they're ideally suited for small to medium businesses that that want to be able to um, have automated emails and uh, marketing dashboards where you can easily see the health of of your marketing plan. And we've been very impressed with uh, with the capabilities that they offer. You'll have to go check it out. Yeah. Um, so if if a company wants to um, contact you and uh, start doing business with you, what what is the process that they have to go through to? I guess just email you. <laughs> yes, that'd be the easiest way. I would I would encourage people to visit truemarketing.com and it's T R E W marketing and um and just to you know we have quite a few resources on our website if if people want to educate themselves. We blog weekly in our True Spotlight. We also have a resources page that includes the ebook that you referenced, Smart Marketing for Engineers. And then of course, like any good company would, we have a contact form. And so, uh, you know, just ask a couple questions about your needs and ask for your email address and, and we'll engage from there. Uh, sounds great. Well, Wendy, it's been great having you. Um, I appreciate the time you spent with us. Thank you very much for having me. I enjoyed it. And thank you everyone for listening to this episode. Please visit our website at vishots.com to leave comments and feedback for this episode. You can also email us at feedback at vishots.com. Also, don't forget to leave feedback at our iTunes channel. Thank you and bye for now.